What up, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Other Box Brothers podcast. I'm Frody, one half of the Other Box Brothers. My co-host Travis is taking some time to work on some big personal projects he's got going on. So in the meantime, I'm going to be holding it down until he gets back. The guests for this episode are Suen and Saeed. Now, Suen and Saeed are the epitome of a dynamic duo. They are successfully balancing a thriving business, parenting on top of a marriage. Now, they have a remarkable story. Their story is one of triumph, perseverance, and just like Drake, they started from the bottom and now they are here. Welcome to the Out of Box Brothers podcast. I am definitely excited to have you guys on board for this episode because A, um, these are my fellow uh, Hofstra alums, HU alums, the only HU that matters. We know the Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm excited to have this conversation with you guys to learn from, from your journeys, uh, most importantly. So normally, I like to start by asking the guests one question. And the question I want to ask you guys is the following. It's, um, what is the best thing that's happened to you recently? Recently could be as recent as you like. So you guys could answer this together or individually. It's up to you. For me, I would say the best thing that's happened to me recently and recently being like over the last year mm-hmm. was being able to stay home. Now I know that the reason why I'm able to stay home is because of, as a, is because of a pandemic. And obviously that there's no good in that, right? Like right. M- many bad things have happened to many people, but you know, I've been fortunate enough where it's allowed me time to really spend the time that I never feel like I, I, I was joking with my friend yesterday and I was like, wow, like it really is the maternity leave I never got. <laughs> like seriously, like I had my I had my baby in 2016 and I went back to work four months later. Wow. And like, you, you know, the, like the, the thought of leaving a four month old baby, like yeah. I I mean, most people can probably understand, but as a parent, like it's, it's really, really tough. And so when, you know, when the lockdown happened and we got to be home and I got to be home with Avery and I got to spend more time with my, more time than my husband and I have ever spent together in the 12 to 13 years we've been together. Right. Like it just staying together in the same space. Like it really felt like a blessing for me. So I will Mm. say that that's definitely the best, the best thing that's happened to me over the past year. Nice. Nice. What about you, Saif? So for for me, kind of related to the pandemic as well, when the pandemic first happened, uh, we both were working, right? Mm-hmm. And we had the business on the side. Mm-hmm. So I got let go. And I think that was obviously not to seem like some superhero optimistic op, optim, uh, person that's super optimistic all the time, right? But um, that was probably one of the better things that happened for me because it helped me focus more on the business mm-hmm. as opposed to having to worry about, you know, work and the business as well, especially during the pandemic, because for the short period of time that I was working from home, some mm-hmm. of the criteria and some of the uh, restrictions that were being placed on me were, were just a little, which is a little overwhelming. And I was like, yeah, I, I know I can't do this for, for a long period of time. Right. <clears throat> wow. That is dope. That's dope. I, I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to apologize for being optimistic, brother, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's all good. Um, it's, I don't know if you guys uh, feel this way, but one thing I realized about the pandemic is that um, oftentimes, um, yes, it's good to work from home, but at the same time, when you work in a building, sometimes mm-hmm. just your presence is enough. So you right. can, as long as you're in the building, you could not, you could literally spend the rest of the day doing nothing. Right. But at home, you're like, damn, I don't want people to think that I'm not doing anything. Right. So you, try, you try to overcompensate 
So you like, yo, you've been working since eight, it's 8 p.m. You didn't even take a break because right. you're like, damn, I don't want people to think that I'm I'm just here laying down, but it's interesting that's, how that works. <laughs> absolutely. In the beginning of the pandemic, and Saeed like used to always point it out to me. I found myself doing that where I, it was eight o'clock and he was like, you're still like, why is your computer still open? Right. And I'm like, you know, I have to get it done. Right. But it's like, I had to really, really set that boundary for myself where it was like, if I was at work, I would have worked eight to four. And when I left at four o'clock, I wouldn't think about that place until I went back right. to the next day. So right. I kind of had to like set up the same mentality for myself mm -hmm. where I gave myself those hours, gave myself a break in the middle of the day because I wasn't doing that either. I was just working straight through. Right. Like, and then I had a hard stop eight, I, my seven hours of the day is seven hours of the day and that's it so I, yeah. I definitely know <laughs> myself doing that and I used to tell her I said if there's anybody you're gonna put in overtime work for it should be Lennox Pride not, period not not what you gonna call it right exactly <laughs> all right Ben. so talking about the business I'm interested tell me about um what was your motivation or inspiration for even starting a business oh yeah I, I, so the I've always had a, um, a spirit um, for entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. I've always, always like decided to myself, I said, hey, listen, at some point I'm gonna own some type of business, right? Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it kind of clicked um, going into my senior year. Everybody says this, but I read the, the, the Rich Dad Poor Dad book mm -hmm. and it really changed my perspective on like, you know, money. It changed my perspective on, on assets versus liabilities, right? It kind of like showed me, even though I was a business major at Hofstra, I really started to understand like what a ba balance sheet was, mm -hmm. what, you know, a PL statement was. Um, and so just that kind of, kind of triggered me into the, into the, into the mode that I know I needed to, to push myself to entrepreneurship. Now it didn't just happen right away, right? Obviously there were jobs along the way, but <clears throat> the way we came across this idea uh, for the short-term rentals is the combination of the love for real estate mm -hmm. um, that I have and basically just an opportunity. Um, the, with short-term rentals, so Suen and I, uh, we had originally, we had we had came across somebody that said basically like, hey, listen, there's an opportunity for, for, Af for African-Americans and minorities to receive like a, um, a, uh, a, grant. a grant program through, <laughs> through MNC Bank. Mm -hmm. And at the time, we, we weren't even like looking to purchase a house. We weren't in a position to like purchase a house. But, you know, things happen and we're like, you know what? Like, this is our shot, right? Yeah. We find out that we can do three and a half percent down. We found out we can get like, you know, um, grants towards closing costs. So we decided, hey, let's go get a two family home mm -hmm. um, or multifamily home. And instead of just putting a long term tenant in that multifamily home, let's see if we can really run this short term yeah. rental business. Mm -hmm. And so that was the. Uh, the you can say the the spark plug that really like pushed us forward to 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 start this business gotcha. yeah mm -hmm. and then like uh Saeed as he say like has like a love and a, and a strong interest in real estate and for me more so mm -hmm. the strong interest lied in and I said this to you before like mm -hmm. really really like not feeling good ever about trading my time for for money like mm -hmm. it's just something that never ever for as long as I could remember never sat right in my spirit like it just <laughs> it just did it yeah. and so um with this when he brought the opportunity to me I'm not gonna say I was I jumped on it because I did not <laughs> um, but when he brought the opportunity to me like I realized that and, and and I also uh after he read Rich Dad Poor Dad and he introduced the book to me kind of read it and started to get like uh understanding like he said like of how money works mm -hmm. of 
um, how to work smartly for money instead mm -hmm. of working too hard. hard like most of us do, mm -hmm. right? And so the motivation literally came from that, like not wanting to trade my time for money for the rest of my life. And number right. two, like not wanting my kids and my grandkids <clears throat> to, ha to have to do that or for that to only be, be their only option. Right, right. Now those, I love those answers, man. I love those answers. And one thing I wanted to ask you, Saeed, you said that mm -hmm. you always had a passion for um, business. Where did mm -hmm. that come from? Did your parents also do business or was that because of your environment? You knew people that did business. What about that always was appealing to you? To, to be honest with you, I don't know exactly where it came from. Um, my, my father had his run at, at businesses, right? Mm -hmm. um, so a little bit background about me. My family's from West Africa. I'm a first generation American, right? We're from Liberia. Okay. Um, the war tore us apart. Mm -hmm. Mother came here. Um, my father was able to come after and basically grew up in like a, you know, like a foreign household, right? Yes, yes, and yes, the yes. idea of, uh, of just owning the business is just something that I always, always always had a passion for. I used to say when I was young, I'm going to own a restaurant. Right. Uh, like, even in college, like <laughs> I used to always be like hustling, right? I used to cut hair. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I had a barbershop going on <laughs> at, at Hofstra, right? Yeah. I, I used to, we used to play video games all day. I used to run Madden leagues and like mm -hmm. and, and for money and stuff like that. So it's always been like a drive of mine. Um, I don't know what in particular kind of like put that in me, but it's, right. I think it kind of touches to what, what Sue Ann said, right? I realized that a lot of people in, early in their lives, right? We were given this picture that, hey, listen, go work 40, 40 <laughs> years of your life, right? And after 40 years, then you can relax and, and chill. And I'm like, well, well, why well, I gotta work for 40 years to do that? Like if 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 I can figure it out by the time I'm 35, right, then I got a whole a whole another 40 years plus. You get what I'm saying? As opposed to yeah. waiting for 65. So I'm like, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way to retire at 35. And I knew. I wasn't gonna get no salary that was gonna pay right. me enough at the age of 35 to retire, right. Right? right? And I would always be stuck to a job. So I said, you know what? I'd rather run my own business, put the pieces in place where I can automate systems to to, to let the business run for me. Right. Like I said, I, I, I let my money work for me as opposed to me working for my money. Yeah, no, that's, that is so key. Uh, I recently, I, last summer, one of the books that I listened to that changed my mind around that is, um, you know, the Millionaire um, Mindset. Uh, if yeah. I, yeah. Uh, mindset. Yep. Yes, phenomenal book. And that's one of the things it talks about is say, hey, poor people work really hard for their money. Mm -hmm. Rich people, wealthy people make their money work really hard for them. And mm -hmm. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm an immigrant. My father worked for 27 years changing tires at Sears. I mean, mm -hmm. it doesn't get any more harder work than that. Hard work, right. Yes, yes. And, you know, I, I just remember seeing that and I said, man, you know, I'm an educator. It's not really labor intensive, but at the same time, I'm like, man, I don't, yeah, I got to figure out a way so my money could work for me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when, when I'm no longer able to work or when I no longer want to work, right. I'll be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Given, I feel like giving ourselves the option, especially as yes. Black people, mm -hmm. giving ourselves the option so that you know, when we decide, when we decide it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's no longer in our best interest to be where we've been or you know where we are yeah. it's so so important not only that like setting up our children for that yes. um so that when they get into our position we all it's so crazy because we have the conversation with people a lot of the times where um friends of ours like we'll talk about like kids and like kids yes. going to college and that kind of thing yes. and Saeed and I always say one thing that we've like always agreed on is that college is not going to be a requirement for mm -hmm. our children 
right? We want to be able to, you know, set them up so that when they get to the age, if they decide we're going to go to college, that's their decision. But right. also if they decide that there's this other thing that I'm passionate about. There's this other thing that I love. Right. That's what I want to do. Because you and I, all three of us sitting here know as immigrants <laughs> and as uh, children of immigrants. Yes. They want you to be one of two things, a lawyer <laughs> or a doctor. <laughs> like, and if you're not one of those, it's almost kind of like, all right, you kind of like flip the curve. And yeah. so us, like, we want to break that chain. We want to yes. make it so that our children, like when they come up, when they reach the age where they have to make the decision, number one, for them to know that the decision doesn't have to be made at 18, because a lot of times, like we mess our kids up that way, right? Where like we tell them, like you have to make this decision by the time you're 18 years old. And at 18 years old, what do you really know? Nothing, right? And, and to add on that, to be—I mean, obviously, to, to to be fair to our older generation, too, right? That's all they knew. That's all they yes, knew, right? Of course. And, and so, like when you when you birth a child or when you have children, right? And you educate them and you work really hard to educate them, you realize that at some point in time they're going to be smarter than you, right? Mm -hmm. And they're going to be they're going to be more well equipped to, yes, to make yes. better decisions, right? Yes, and I think yes. that's where we're all at as 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 descendants of, of, yes, of immigrants, yes. right? Yeah. And so yes. the old school mentality of hey, listen, like go get a job and work for this company that's going to pay into your pension and 40 years of your time that you spend there, they're gonna invest back into you, right? And and take care of you for the long road. That's not the case anymore, right? Right. right. Because yeah. now you can put yourself in a situation where you set up a business. Or you set up some type of, you know, some type of entity, and and before you know it, ten years, ten years into the making, mm -hmm. you got enough cash flow to cover yourself <laughs> for retirement, and yeah. then some, and right? Then, right? Yeah. Now you can actually do what you want to do, as opposed to what you have to. What yeah. you have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I think you, that's a good point, you know, because ultimately, I, I tell people that all the time, you know, I, I mean, our parents did the best they could, mm -hmm. and essentially, you know, they worked really hard to give us you know, in the race of life to give us a couple of head start. Now it's up to us now to create, to, to give our children, exactly, to bridge the gap to give our children even a bigger head start, you know what I'm saying? So they're not starting where we started. Now, you know, I'm interested, talk to me about, you know, what was, was short-term renting the first business that you got into or mm -hmm. was there other opportunities that you entertained first and then eventually led to short-term rental? Yeah. So we, um, so like I said, I've, I've always been like a hustler. Right. Yeah. And I, and I kind of, kind of started to tell you the story that when I first graduated college, if I graduated 2010, um, mm -hmm. it was about two years after the, uh, the big financial, uh, mm -hmm. the, the 08 crisis. And, you know, I, I was going to people and I was very proud. I'm like, Hey, listen, I got a degree from Hofstra and I got a good GPA mm -hmm. and like people just weren't, they were like, yo, that's all good and dandy, but like, <laughs> we're not giving you anything that's even resembles like the type of salary that you're looking for. Right. And so I, I stumbled across, across an opportunity um, where basically like it was like a straight commissions job, mm -hmm. right? Like you, you, <laughs> you eat what you kill kind of thing. Right. right and right. it was, I was, I was a peddler, right? There's no shame in my game, right? I was the guy that was walking down the streets, knocking on doors where they say no soliciting. I'd be like, don't worry, I'm not a prostitute, right? Making, <laughs> making funny jokes like that, right? And, and getting kicked out of buildings. But I was selling like cruise tickets, um, like sports tickets, mm -hmm. makeup, you name it. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I'm always grateful for that job. But that was the first business that I had. And the way the model went was, you know, you learn how to sell first. You yeah. teach somebody else how to sell. 
-hmm. you build a team of people that can sell right for you. Mm -hmm. And then boom, right? You take your, your, your team of people and you move to another geographical location where you can basically start your own office. Right. And, and that was, the, that was it. Things were going good. Build the team uh, in about a year or so, got out to Michigan, fell flat on our face, right? Michigan. Completely flat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'm talking like before we even got there, somebody was driving one of our cars. One of our reps was oh driving our car to crash the car. He fell asleep at the wow. wheel. So instead of us having like two or three cars, when we got there, we was already down a car. Wow. Right? Um, but it was terrible. It was crazy, right? <laughs> crazy situation. And the people that, that at the time that I'm like, hey, I'm leaning on for help, right? Right. Like they weren't necessarily giving me the help that I thought I needed at the time. Right. So we, we were like, hey, listen, this is it. Like we're, yeah. we're calling it a quiz. Pack up, use the, I think, I think Saeed's dad at the time mm -hmm. helped us to get a, because we had like, when I say zero dollars in our bank account, we had zero dollars in our bank account. Saeed's dad at the mm -hmm. time helped us to get a U-Haul truck that we packed up our stuff, drove the 14 hour trip from Michigan here. And I will never forget because that night when we got home, I don't know if you remember, mm -hmm. when we got back to home, mm -hmm. quote unquote, because <laughs> technically we were, we there was no home, right? right, right. So we got back, we slept in the U-Haul truck. Mm -hmm. wow. And for wow. me, uh, and for us, that mm -hmm. was the lowest of the lowest that it ever could go. So, wow. so, <laughs> so to, to even add on to the story, like I said, this could be a whole nother podcast, but like <laughs> we, the, the little credit card that I had, we maxed out that credit card, knowing that it probably wasn't going to go through, drove the U-Haul down to Jersey and it didn't go through, but we still had it. We handed it off in time, right? That was another one that, that another story that, that messed up my whole credit, right? And then when we got to the, when we got to, to the house, right? The, the house that, that we were ending up staying in was foreclosed on, right? My dad had lost the house in 08. Wow. And to be honest with you, like we weren't even, we, we had left the house, to... we abandoned it. Like there was nobody in there. And wow. by the time we came back, we were lucky enough that nobody had tried we to like enter the house yeah. or anything like right, that. Right, so right. boards on the door or yeah. anything like and that. And we came back and then we lived there for a couple of months to kind of get ourselves back on our feet. Wow. We, we put the utilities back on. Obviously, we weren't paying the mortgage, right? Right, right, right. The crazy part about this is when mm -hmm. we came back, mm -hmm. maybe a week after we came back, Hurricane Sandy hit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so it was just, honestly, mm -hmm. I, I to this day when I look back, I'm mm -hmm. just like, if we can get through that, if yeah. we really can make it through what happened to us mm -hmm. in 2012, there really is nothing we can't do. Right. Because. It, we had we we've been through it all. And like Sue said, that that kind of closes the thought process of. It was at that point in time that I realized like there was nothing that I couldn't do, um, or that we couldn't do. Where even if we failed completely, right? right? I figured that from from the experience that I had at the at the job, right, or at the career at the business that that we had first established. I could, one thing is I knew I could do is I could sell, right? right and if right. I can sell something, I can make money. Yes. And if I can make money, I can always survive. Yes. And it was, it was for most people it would have been a down period to be like, hey, listen, like, I don't think I'm ever going to try that again. Let me go get something right. comfortable. But for me, the, it had clicked. I'm like, yo, there's no way I can ever not make money in this world. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. No, that, that is, that is so empowering because, you know, like you, like you just mentioned, you know, mm -hmm. for many people, that would be a death blow. But oh, yeah. you know, you had the presence of mind to look at it and say, "Okay, cool. If this is the worst, we <laughs> survived the worst. We still right. alive. We still have each other. Right. And, and and even the thing about that too, the first experience was a great opportunity for you to hone a skill, the skill mm -hmm. of selling. That's right. a valuable skill. 
So, you know, you, you add that, you say, okay, cool. Well, I know how to sell. As long as I have a product, I can sell, I can make money. And if this is the worst and we survived it, we're, (laughs) it's not ideal, but we still got each other. Then, you know, then I think in that situation, it kind of, you know, it gave you permission to like fail because you realize you've, you've tasted failure. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, it's uncomfortable, but I can survive it. So it's like, if that's the worst, then yeah, we could definitely do anything. So how do you go from that to um, (laughs) short-term renting? You know, which one did you, did you do, um, you know, the vending machine first or short-term? We did the, we did the rentals first. So So to, to kind of go through, like, I guess the timeline of how things went. So mm-hmm. when we came back from Michigan and kind of fell flat on our faces and if it was, thank God for our, our friends who were there for us and fed us and housed us <laughs> when we needed to be housed at the time, yeah. um, when we got back, um, thank God Saeed had landed a interview. And so mm-hmm. he landed an interview with this company and was working with them for a while. And I had, I myself had landed a job, uh, working working somewhere and we always just always continue to like talk about just what our goals are mm-hmm. right um Saeed's old like I said Saeed's always been into like his passion he's always wanted to like you know own property but not just like own property just to say you own property but own right. property that's going to make you you know make yes. you money yes and so you know a few years of working um, we had our son, we were still like, kind of like just working in the, in our fields or whatever. And he found this guy named Jermaine Massey, mm-hmm. who was doing short-term, was he doing short-term rentals, what he was doing at the time or? Yeah. So he was a, he, he was like a real estate guru, right? Mm-hmm. He'd done like apartment buildings, like ATMs and all this other stuff. And I was listening to his podcast because during the time I was working at Enterprise, mm-hmm. um, I used to listen to a lot of podcasts like on the radio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I forget what exactly uh, the podcast that he was on, but he came on. He's like, "Listen, I'm I'm into this new this new field," and he's like, "It just was a light bulb that clicked for me mm-hmm. on on how to make this thing work." And and so like after listening to it, I'm like, "Oh, this guy's on to something." Right. And so um. <laughs> I, I was like, all right, babe, we about to buy this uh, two-family house. I got an idea, right? <laughs> and so I, I, I'll never forget, right? I was in my office at work, and I'm like, babe, I got an idea. I'm about to buy this course. There's two courses, right? Yeah. There's one for like 800 bucks, and then there's another one for 600. And she's like, Saeed, we're not about to spend I'm no like, money Saeed, on we no have, course. We probably have $1,500 in our bank account. You're right. not spending 800 on it on Yo, a course. And I said, babe, <laughs> listen, this is it. I need this course. I'm like, this is this is what's going to help us. This is it. And she's like, Saeed, uh, is it this? You know, I, I get to the point where I just nag my wife, nag my wife, nag my wife. And I'm like, all right, this is it. We got to do it. This is it. Right. We got to do it. And she was like, all right, Saeed, do whatever you, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. So I, I got so pissed. Honestly, I got so upset with him constantly every day mm-hmm. nagging me about it. I was just like, I really don't even care anymore. Mm-hmm. This is on you. Yep. <laughs> like, this one is on you. And so, and so when I was like, all right, when she said yes, I'm like, it's on me. I'm like, all right, I got to go. I got to go full steam with it. Right. Right. And so like, that's, that's basically like the genesis of like how it started. Yeah, right. Yeah. And at that point in time, it was really good. Um, like I said, the guy's name is Jermaine Massey. Um, yeah. I, f- I think the course is like Cash Flow Diaries, mm-hmm. but like he had a really strong group um, of people, and he had a very good way of explaining stuff yeah. to to make it easy for you to understand what the benefits was mm-hmm. um, of 
of using short-term rentals compared to long-term rentals. Uh, and it's not like a versus, like, like obviously there's, there's, there's ways to make money in both, right? Yes, yes, yes. But the explanation made me understand that this is a little bit more valuable for us at our present time, yes. right? Yes, um, yes. Compared to a long-term tenant. Yes. And for us, we outweighed the pros and the cons and we we're like, all right, this is where we're going full tilt. Yeah. And so when we, when we, before we bought our, before we bought our house that we live in, we weren't even looking to buy a house. Um, we had a, a friend of ours who kind of told us uh, there's this program, like Taib was saying yeah. earlier, that a bank has that if you buy a house that's in such and such neighborhood, they'll they'll give you like down payment and closing costs, whatever. So we were like, mm -hmm. what? Like, sure, like we'll jump on it. And at Saeed came to me and he was like, listen, if we're gonna do this, let's do a multifamily house. Mm -hmm. Let's like put all put our all our eggs in that and finding that and then like moving forward with like doing the short-term rental thing yeah. and at first i'm not gonna lie i wasn't 100 like committed or convinced because i mean doing anything new right like is 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 tough and also yeah. for me size a lot more fearless than me when it comes to taking mm -hmm. opportunities which mm -hmm. is a gift in our relationship yes. because it, it kind of is a balance that we need and so you know when we bought the house and it was like, all right, now we have the house, we have the the, the two family, we're going to live downstairs. And it was like, all right, are we going to do the long-term rental or are we going to do the short-term rental? And we pulled the trigger on it and we used our credit card at the time to <laughs> fully, fully furnish our upstairs unit, which was yeah. now uh, three years and a couple months ago. Mm. Um, and we never looked back since. Wow. And so our upstairs for, for in our house was our first short-term rental unit still mm -hmm. running. Um, and then from that, like over the years, we've been able to add units through rental arbitrage, which is like a different way of doing it instead of buying you rent. Right. You lease and then sublet right. um, through rental arbitrage. We, we've been able to add to our port portfolio to where we now have um, five short-term rentals that we operate in the northern New Jersey area. Wow! Wow! Mm -hmm. Wow! You know it's interesting because I have questions, but you guys just flow, so I'm like I don't even have to ask the question. <laughs> you know, you guys already uh, uh, essentially highlighting those things. I mean, to me, something that you mentioned, which is key, because um, mm -hmm the balance, right? You know, because I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, I was wondering like, how would, how are you going to feel about this new proposal? Because, you know, there's got to be some part of you that says, man, I know what we went through. Right. It's, not that I don't, it's not that I don't trust you, but ah, you right. know, it's a little tough. So <laughs> I was, I'm, you know, t talk to me about that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What you want to know something? One thing I always, and I always say this to, to my friends, like, I, I never worry about if we're going to have money. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's such a blessing, right? Because I've been able to find someone who I believe in to, mm -hmm. so much to provide for me yes. that it's not even really a worry for me, right? Mm -hmm. And so I never really was worried about that aspect of it. It was more so okay. that like we got this house, we have the opportunity to put a, a long-term tenant in it. It's mm -hmm. easier. Right. Why not? Right. right? And so I think that was more so my mindset is that why not just take the easier option? And so what I thought was the easier option, right, truly, right. because when you, like it panned out, like doing short-term rentals, being a short-term rental host is not that hard, right? I mean, relatively speaking. And so right. I think that more than anything, like 
it wasn't a worry of, oh, we're gonna fail again. It was more so a worry of why why not just do the easy go the easy route. <laughs> right, right, right. I got you. I got you. I got like, you. So in is definitely like the balance for me because I like I, I look at things and I think it to myself, all right, like failure is is for me is like it's like a good thing in a sense that like guess what if i fail that means i i know i not to do it that way right exactly. and yeah. like i'm always the person that's like all right well keep trying it keep trying it keep trying it keep trying it and eventually something will stick right and like for like sue Ann, like you know obviously like a lot of the times there's reservations that she has and a lot of the times there's times where I need to win to bring me back, right? Because yes. I'll come oh, across yeah. an idea and be like, hey, babe, listen. <laughs> I got this, it really bad this, all the time. Like, it's right. about to hit. Like, yeah. like, you see them Cutco knives? Like, we could, we could do something with it. <laughs> and she's like, Saeed, relax. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm like come back, back over the other side of that line. Like, because you know, it. We could do it. The knives, they really work. But anyway. <laughs> Yo, that's interesting because one of my, my roommate, um, like if, uh, right after college, he he did cuckold knives. And I remember he came to Hofstra and said, Yo, I got this new business. And I'm like, What are you talking about? I got these knives for you. Knives? You're <laughs> <laughs> like, What I'm doing with a knife? I'm not yeah, no bro. I'm a college student, man. Like, I eat paper. I'm going I'm to eat with a knife on paper plates. That doesn't make any sense. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I think that's, that's, that's so important, though, because ultimately, you know, fear is good. It's what keeps us alive, <laughs> you know, because the truth of the matter is we had no sense of fear. Then we were walking through traffic, jump off a plane without a parachute. It's important, but the key is to not become paralyzed by right. to the point where it's just like we're so afraid that we're not even trying to go after certain things, to try new things, or step out of our comfort zones. And as I hear your stories, is that you know you guys essentially, you know, stepped out of your comfort zone multiple times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, and just to add on this, I think one of the things that I naturally had to kind of like get myself out of. And I wish to to pass it on to obviously the people that are around me and my children is the idea that failure is a bad thing, right? Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that we can that as we grew up, right? People think like, hey, listen, if you fail a test, it's bad, right? Yes, if you yes. if if you fail at doing something, you probably shouldn't do it again because you're right. not good at it. Right. And as opposed to thinking of failure as a as a as a landmark for defeat, right? Failure is an opportunity for you to get closer mm -hmm. to to being a, either a better version of yourself or right. what you really want to do. Yeah. And I think that mindset has really helped me kind of shape my 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 overall perspective on life and and taking chances. Yes. Because it's like, all right, if I lose if I lose money here, guess what? It's a learning experience, yes. right? Yes. If I try this here and it doesn't work, it's a learning experience. Yes. It's not a failure in the sense that I, I'm a failure. I, I failed at doing it that way. I could right. probably do it another way. Right. <clears throat> Now that is so important because um, the the we're all products of immigrants here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you bring a ninety, they're like, "What happened to the other ten percent?" Right. What happened to the other ten? <laughs> you in second grade taking calculus and you got to see. It's just like calculus is really hard. I did that I could, but I think that that plays a role in how you know our relationship with Phil. It is it is important to essentially. You know what I'm saying? Shift the narrative. I mean, shift our mindset and change our definitely our um, relationship with failure because failure is not trying anything at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's when there's you could fail at things you try because obviously, <laughs> I mean, nobody was born knowing everything. Right. So <laughs> that's a you know that's essentially you know what I'm saying the price to pay for for success. 
But people become a failure when they don't try anything at all. I'll tell exactly. you a story. Um, I didn't know what spanks were. Obviously, I'm not a woman. <laughs> I'm listening to a podcast, and there's this interesting story. The woman that created Spanx, she said her father, every night, her and her daughter, her and her sister, when they were eating dinner, he would ask them, what did you fail at today? I heard it, yeah. and, and, and whenever they didn't have anything, he would be, he would be visibly disappointed because he know that you didn't try anything new mm -hmm. today. And mm -hmm. she says, years later, that helped her out big time because, you know, the idea of Sphinx to me sounds ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, yo, she was in a meeting with a couple of lawyers and one, this one guy kept on acting weird and funny. He kept on looking over the shoulder, looking around the room. And later on, she finds out that he thought the idea was so ludicrous, he thought he was being pumped. So he was looking around <laughs> to see where the camera's at, because this shit doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's hilarious. And then here you go, later on, I didn't. I just looked it up. It's a multi-billion dollar business. Mm -hmm. It's about, again, She her story's remarkable. It's just like right. trying something and having the conviction and, and essentially to stick with it, even when the world, the rest of the world doesn't see it. Now, absolutely. the one thing I want to ask you next is, um, you know, you know, now that you into the business, you know, uh, what are what are the top the three most important lessons that you've learned thus far as far as like running a successful short term renting business? Yeah, um, I, I'll start with one for me. Mm -hmm. So one of the one of the things that I'm still learning, I don't know if my lesson has been learned, <laughs> but I'm still <laughs> learning is that you can't take anything personally. Mm -hmm. And it's when you're dealing with customers, when you're dealing on a day to day basis with people who basically like you're serving, they're paying you their money and they're expecting a product mm -hmm. that lives up to their standard. You have to learn to not take it personally when what you see is possibly your best, right? You're putting your best foot forward. Doesn't right. necessarily translate to that for them. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of lessons in that in this business. <laughs> like when we think like this is perfect, there's no way anybody could complain. <laughs> like there's always that, there's always somebody who's going to find some type of fault in something. Mm -hmm. And I've had to learn to not take it personally, mm. to let it roll off my back. And one, one example of that kind of happened to us recently where we, um, we just put up two new, two new units uh, like a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. um, and we've been using the same bed. We own probably, <laughs> we own probably 20 beds, right? And we've been <laughs> using the same bed in every one of our units mm -hmm. since the very, first one upstairs mm -hmm. and every time a guest comes and they leave they're like this is the most comfortable bed I've ever slept on in my life I love this bed where did you get it like please tell me whatever and so mm -hmm. we've had nothing but rave reviews about this bed and I'm feeling myself about this bed right and so yeah. I'm like nobody's ever complained like this is awesome like say we have to get this bed every time two weeks ago we have a lady come with her husband and they stay with us so they stayed, they were there for three nights. They stay the first night. And at like 6.30 in the next morning, I get a message in one of our apps. And she's like, this bed is the most uncomfortable bed I ever slept on in my life. My shoulder, I woke up with pain in my shoulder and my back. Like, do you guys have another mattress? Basically is what she asked. Right. Or like a mattress pad that I could put on it. And honestly, I read the message and I was so mad. 
I was so mad reading that message because I'm like, how dare this like, like <laughs> the same bed that everybody is saying that they love that you're complaining about. Right. They woke up and I kind of told him and he got annoyed too. And so maybe it was in me seeing him get annoyed because he really doesn't get annoyed at a lot. Mm-hmm. But that cut first for whatever reason annoyed him. And I was like, you know what, babe? Let's just handle this in in our most professional way as possible. Uh-huh. Let's try our hardest not to take it personally. Right. And for me, like, I felt like that was my first, like, real win ever mm-hmm. at not taking something personally it grows, because it grows. really isn't, <laughs> right? It really isn't personal. Like, yeah. it has nothing to do with me. This lady doesn't know me right. from a hole in the wall. She right. just had an experience. Maybe yeah. she's the one person in the world that this bed doesn't work for. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's definitely one of the things that I feel like in business, especially in a service industry, mm-hmm. that you have to learn is that nothing is personal. Everything is, it's all business. Right, it's all business, it's all mm-hmm. business. And I think, uh, I mean, I think those are good points, right? I think one of the things I learned is being in the service business, right? What I use, what I tend to see is the people who, who answer the question, right? Or who figure out solutions are usually the most successful people. Right. And so when it comes to any, when it comes to this business, right, the more that you can figure out a solution, mm-hmm. you can monetize it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you can, and, and if you can, you can monetize it in a professional way where people take, people appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So for example, like the situation that Sue Ann just brought up where we have a mattress that everybody loves, except for this one lady. Right. We could have easily been like, well, man, nobody's ever complained about it. Uh-huh. Enough, right. Yes. We could have easily been like that. Yes. Right. <laughs> but 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 the like I said the when you realize you're in a solution like like you're you're driven or, by yes. by figuring out solutions right mm-hmm. what well, we did okay let's go get a mattress topper right mm-hmm. let's go get a comfortable mattress topper and not some cheap one that that that's gonna look like we made an effort but not really right, 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 let's, right. let's actually solve her problem and granted right she she was she was appreciative right, right. because most people most companies probably don't go that length. To, right. to serve their customers. Right. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I realized running a, a service-based business in a short-term rental, right? I, I'm here to serve the customer. Yes is, yes is our business. Yes is my business. But at the end of the day, um, right. you coming to, to, to be a part of my business is the reason why I'm able to feed my family. And, and just realizing awesome. that puts a different perspective on it because right. you can really get full of yourself, right? If you yeah. get to a situation where your business becomes successful, Right. And somebody complains, you like whatever. I'll get somebody right. else to pay it. Right. That's 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 where you're gonna start to go downhill. Right, right, right. That is so powerful, man. That is so powerful because, you know, ultimately, it's it's having like a, a level of humility, right? Mm-hmm. Having a level of humility as business owners and constantly reminding oneself that hey, we are in the servants business. Right. The easy thing to do could have been, man, out of 300 people that slept on this bed, you're <laughs> right. the only one. You're the anomaly. That, right. that would have been easy to do. But the point, the point of the matter is you guys decided to go above and beyond and not be cheap about it and invest. You know, right. and the truth of the matter is, you know, this you may not see the return of that small gesture right mm-hmm. away, but it makes a big difference. You know, right. and often oftentimes when you listen to your customers mm-hmm. it usually puts you in a position to 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 increase your 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 company's brand awareness and increase mm-hmm. your company's profitability because you're now going to solve a, 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 a an issue that 
not only one customer is going to have, yes. there's going to be multiple people yes. that come up with that. And so mm -hmm. now you have the opportunity to, to expand your business by solving that problem, exactly. right? And that's all business is, is yeah. solving problems for people to make things easier for them so that you can, you can be paid for it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is such a great point, man, because um, that's essentially what, when we think about it, um, many other people that are successful, when we think about many create founders of businesses or whatever they are, they are essentially solving a societal problem. Mm -hmm. And case in point, the most recent thing is the vaccine. You know, there, right. were, there, was, there were real incentives for Pfizer, Moderna and everybody else to be the first to solve that problem and make mm -hmm. sure we, the solution was the best because you know what the actual, you know, um, the results would be. So it's a great approach to take just like solving people's problems, man. If you solve enough people's problem, like you said, man. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like the, the, the next, or I guess like the third thing that I would say specific to um, the short-term rental business. And I think you might agree with this, like specifically to this business, do not skimp on photos. <laughs> do not skimp on what the photographs of your product looks like. Mm -hmm. Because people are, we always said it, let's say it, people are impulsive, right? Mm -hmm. They buy what they, they buy what's pleasing to their eyes, mm -hmm. right? And so we make sure that we hire the top photographer who's mm -hmm. going to give us the best, give, give our place the best light so that when everybody's going through their Airbnb or their VRBO or scrolling through all these channels where there's an abundance, right, of yes. places that you can pick from to stay, we want to make sure that when they look at a Lennox Pride property, mm -hmm. number one, they recognize it as such. And number two, they're like, wow, like, like this is amazing. And then number two, the, the second caveat to that is making sure that when they show up, <laughs> what they saw in the pictures is actually what they see when they show up. <laughs> because I mean, I, I'm sure like all of us have been in a situation where we <laughs> see one thing and we show up and we're like, yeah, the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that's is so definitely true. another. That is so true. And, and let me take this time to essentially shout you guys out, man, because I didn't know that's what you guys did. I just remembered. Mm -hmm. You know, all the Hofstra people were sharing this one page. Yeah. And listen, I spent a lot of hours at Hofstra watching HGTV. So I, I, I love, you know, makeovers and stuff. So I'm like, yo, what is this? And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Swin and I'm like, I know these people. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, man, you know, I, I, I've always have a great respect uh, for artists, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, what you guys do, the way you essentially take a blank canvas which is a, 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 a empty room mm -hmm. and bring it to life is remarkable. Yeah. You know, so yeah. kudos to you guys. And I, I wish I could take a, I wish I could take um, <laughs> a, a kudos for that, but that's all Sue, man. She's the designer. Thank you so much. Honestly, um, going into this short-term rental business and like doing this business has really, really um, opened my eyes up to the world of uh, design, of interior mm. design, and really, really brought to light a love that I never, that was buried so deep in me, I never really uh -huh. knew I had it. Mm -hmm. And it's really where, like, he, he knows that I find my greatest joy. I tell my friends all the time, like, I really, I truly enjoy putting furniture together. Yes. And I truly enjoy, like, selecting and putting up curtains and, like, doing all that. And so it's really, really, 
uh, brought the joy in me for that and opened up another door for another business venture yes. that I am like, you know, working on like making into an actual business so that yeah. I can, it can be one of the things that I leave behind in my legacy. For yes. Sure. No. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, the thing about that too, is just like, you know, it's, it's very apparent, you know what I'm saying? The level of care, the level of detail that is put. So it shows, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? The passion is trans, you know, translates into the final product. And, you know, first and foremost, you know, I remember you guys were essentially modeling the recent um, unit and I saw the before and after. And yeah. again, like I said, the pictures <laughs> are nice, fantastic pictures, but it actually really looks like what the pictures are actually showing. So right. again, kudos to you guys. And, and that's another thing I wanted to ask you because I was like, who's who's the brain trust in, in putting <laughs> these things together? Because yeah. listen, man, I've, I've gone to home goods. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, how did you, cause I go to home goods. I'm like, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. But you know, I right. just couldn't put it together, but to put it just, and it's like, it's, it's a beautiful job, man. So thank you. Yeah. Thank so, you. Appreciate all, that. That's all her. That's I appreciate her. that. I'll take my, uh, my little pat on the back. Yeah. That's so dope. Now, the, uh, here's another thing I want to ask you quick. Um, so if somebody listening to this right now and you know, they might be inspired by your stories, right? So what would be the, the, like the five things, you know, and, and quickly with the top five things they would have to do to be essentially um, build and run a successful short-term rental. Like let's start from one through five. Mm -hmm. So number one, um, I think the first thing that I would tell the person is, listen, you have to, you have to know who you want to serve. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so when we started this business, obviously we thought of so many different things that, that we can do. Like, like, uh, so many different people that we can have come in our units, but we decided, hey, this is a this is the market that we want to go after. Mm -hmm. We want to go after a specific market. We yes. want to go after the business traveler mm -hmm. that's going mm -hmm. to be in this, you know, in this New York City slash tri-state area, right? Mm -hmm. And once you figure out who you want to serve, everything else falls into place, right? Okay. Because okay. if I know I want to be in a situation where I'm serving business travelers, well, guess what? I'm going to be in a more uh, metropolitan area, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say I want to serve uh professors or university professors that travel for uh, for, for for work right yeah. i know i'm going to want to be near universities let's right. say i want to target uh, uh nurses right or traveling nurses i want to be close to a hospital gotcha. and then guess what that's going to lead me down the road to figuring out all right where i need to put my location now that also answers the question of what type of furniture do i need to do i need to have in my spot right if i know i'm going to be serving business travelers i'm not going to spend all my time trying to make a place look great with, uh, <laughs> with a bunch of kids, right? Yeah, yeah, or like exactly. a vacation setting, right? Yes. So that's the number one, number one, I guess, thing that I would tell people, know yeah. who you want to serve. Yes. And, um, number two would probably be, it's not, it's not about you in a sense of what necessarily you would like, right? Mm -hmm. um, because obviously it's your business, it's your, yeah. It's your ideas and your touch, and you want to put your touch on it. But you right. also got to remember, kind of alluding back to the conversation that we had earlier, you're 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 in a service mode, right? You're serving mm -hmm. other people, yes. and though what you might like, you might think that might be the consensus, but right. there's going to be other people that don't necessarily agree with you on what they right. like, right? Right. Um, so that that's that's yeah. two things. If you I think one of the main things mm -hmm. that I would say for sure is is to make sure that the area that you choose 
to run the short-term rental business out of, make sure that you know like what the ordinances are in your city, right? Mm -hmm. For example, like we know that in New York City, um, uh, Airbnbs, short-term yeah. rentals aren't necessarily <laughs> a thing that they support, right? Yes. So if you're in a situation like that, you don't wanna be in a situation where you spend thousands of dollars on getting a unit together, right? Mm -hmm. And then they come and they're like, this can't be here. Yes. And so you wanna make sure that what you're doing, number one is legal. <laughs> <laughs> it's legal so you follow the laws of whatever st uh, state city town you're in mm -hmm. and, and do what and, and make sure that you're doing what they say is the are the requirements for you to do that specific thing in that town or if you can't do it just don't do it there because you know people lose my lose out on a lot of money that way by got not you. following that got you so <laughs> so i think number one is number one is knowing your your customers who you want mm -hmm. to serve um, number two is um, number two. It's not about you necessarily, about you, right? Yeah. Well, so mm -hmm. essentially, let the let the market dictate. Stuff. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying how you want to set things up. And number three is you got to know the rules. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you got to yeah. know the rules. You got to know whether or not the area that you choose to be in, you know, is is welcoming to short-term rentals or not. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, I think those are like the three major like pillars you know what I'm yeah. because ultimately number one figures out a lot of the aesthetics and stuff like that mm -hmm. number two is super important again know who you want to serve and also to find out you know what i'm saying let them tell you you know what i'm saying it's not right. about you it's about them and number three essentially knowing uh the rules uh and regulations in your area right all right uh, you got something else here I was gonna say um, one of the things that I think is important to focus on is depending on what your goal is, right? Yes. If it's something where you want to just have one or two like short-term rentals, yes. right? Or if you want to scale to be like at like 25, 30, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's something to you have to understand how to replace yourself in your business, mm -hmm. right? Because one of the main reasons that people start businesses, or I can speak for myself, is ultimately I want to grow the business big enough. Where the business can run itself, right? Oh, yes, and so yes. I'm gonna put my put myself in position to either develop uh, automated systems that mm -hmm. can replace me if need be, right? And if it's not automated systems, I'm going to develop employees or people that have a passion for the yes, business yes. as well, so that I can step back and let them do their thing yes. as well, right? And yes. so if there's a four that I wanted to kind of emphasize is understand that you're building a business to replace yourself right? right so everything that you do you have to think to yourself how is it that when we're at 15 when we're at 20 when we're at 50 units how can this job be done without me being here right so kind of like system systemizing it if you will mm -hmm. creating mm -hmm. like infrastructure so it could help run itself because the, the last thing you want to do is be a person that just that you own a job right yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes exactly 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 100 <laughs> percent. all right all right so um the next question, um, considering I, I, by, by this point, I don't know if it, the listeners will figure it out, but you guys are like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like married, children, mm -hmm. and, and all that stuff. And yeah. what I want to ask you is that what are some ways that being business partners have impacted your relationships? Um, I think I think we do a very good job of keeping it separate. Mm. in a way mm -hmm. um and the way that we do that is well for me i can i can, I can speak for myself i think i can speak for both of us when i say that we respect 
um, what each other brings to the table. Mm-hmm. We expect it, we respect each other's expertise um, mm-hmm. in what we're doing. And so I don't step on his toes in the stuff that he's good at where the business right. is concerned and, and vice versa. And right. so I think number, I feel like if you're a couple who is in business together, that right there is the most important thing to not have consistent conflict, right? And mm-hmm. there, there are many things that we disagree on, right? And that we can't really come to, a, sometimes can't come to a middle ground about, but having the same vision just for the future and like having the f- same vision of where like it's going yes. has helped, uh, helped us to at least come to some sort of an agreement, even though, even when we can't meet in the middle, we'll meet right, like right. somewhere around the middle. Yes, um, yes, but yes. That, that's what I think. I think is being confident, number one, that the person that you're in, in business with and in relationship with has your best interest in the business's best interest at heart mm-hmm. and trusting them that the, the parts of the business that they're supposed to take care of, that they will and having that be the same thing on the other side, you feel trusted as well. Yeah. Like, uh, and agree. And I guess the only thing I'll add is like, when you, when you start a business, not to compare it to human life, right. But it is like your baby, right. 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 And because, because like, obviously like I married Sue Ann, right. And we have children and, and I trust her as a mother. Right. Um, it's the same kind of concept when it comes to the business. I understand that at the end of the day, she wants what's best for the business. Right. We might have different separate point of views on, on, on how to get there. But at the end of the day, we know we want it to be successful and just yeah. understanding and knowing that each, that each other want this thing to be successful, mm-hmm. right. Can help us get past any type of disagreements or, yes. or, or dis, you know, or, or things that we don't align with. Right, 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 right. So essentially, um, you know, as long as you guys are being um, on, on the same page about the destination, right. Mm-hmm. It makes it that much easier where, we could disagree about which route to take, but at right. the end of the day, we're going to the same spot. The yep. same spot, mm-hmm. the same spot. Uh-huh. Yep, mm-hmm. 100%. Got you. And last <laughs> but certainly not least, um, so perhaps there are some people who are couples, who are married, um, who who listen to your stories and, and might want to be inspired in the sense that, you know what, babe, let's go into business together. So mm-hmm. the question I want to ask you is, what would you say uh, the top three most important keys of success? for a couple married or not to build a successful business? Um, I got one, right? (laughs) Don't argue about business stuff when y'all having personal disagreements, right? (laughs) Like leave that alone. Like if you got something to bring up about the business, make sure you bring it up when both of y'all got clear heads, right? That's that's one. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. I think definitely I think that might be the important thing is really knowing how to keep it separate, right? Right. Um, because it's so it's so easy, right? If you have a business with somebody, you're spending all of your time with them. It's so easy to to lay down and talk about business, right? And we yes. really, really try our best to not do that. Like we yes. we we make the time for it during the days when we're together and we're focused on business and focused on doing things for our business, we know that that's, you know, where we are. But as soon as like, you know, we get home and our son's home and we have family time, we really try our best to like focus on like our, you know, ourselves as a couple and our family time. So keeping it separate and also like not, and I'll go back to not taking things personally as well, Mm -hmm. because there are going to be things that 
I think, right? That may not necessarily be the right thing. And I have to be able to take criticism from him about it yes, where the business yes. is concerned and vice yeah. versa. And so not like taking it personally and then harping on it and have it be right. something that d damages your relationship because right. I'm pretty sure there've been many relationships <laughs> that have been damaged because of you know the couple being in business together. Mm -hmm. But I think we work because we're able to separate it. And that would be my greatest advice to anyone mm -hmm. is separating it. And then number, another thing that I would say is as far as finances go, mm. make sure that you are 100% on the page, on the same page about what happens with the finances of your business. Mm -hmm. Make sure that like, there's no, there's no secrets. Nobody, not one person is taking care of this. And then right. you find out that down the road that something happened. No, uh, you have to be on the same page about uh, everything that's happened with the finances yes. so that, you know, you can both say like, this is what, this is where our money went. This is where it's going on a monthly basis. And like, this is where it's coming in and, and what's coming in. And so I think that's a really important um, point as well. Yeah, I mean that. That's I mean, hey, what they say like most of you know marital woes come down to yep. financial struggles. <laughs> Money, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like one of the ways to to you know, lead to more financial woes is if there's no, it's not there's not no full transparency. Right. What's happening right. in the finances? Um, yeah, I think. Yeah. I was going to say, this might be related to a lot what Sue says about separating the, the, the business mm -hmm. and the family time. I know Sue does a better job of it than me, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because me, I get engulfed in it, right? I get obsessed with it. And I know for, for myself personally, I can give advice strictly to the men out there that might be similar in a situation where it's hard for me to just separate it, right? Because mm -hmm. like, I'm so passionate about wanting, wanting us to be successful as far as business goes that I forget to. Um, but like remembering that, hey, listen, like sometimes like you have to just put the phone away yes. and, 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 and commit the time to your family, right? Like commit the time to your wife. Remember before you guys were business partners, you yeah. guys were, were lovers first, right? Wow. Before you, before you ran a business or had a job, you were, you might've been a dad after, but still the, you get the point what I'm trying yes, to say, right? Yes, you're, yes. you're, you're a father before you're a business owner, you're right. a husband right. before you're a business owner. Right. And like, like sometimes I have to re remind myself of that because I can get engulfed in it. I can get obsessed with it. And like, I can go down the rabbit hole. Right. And that's all I want to talk about, you know? Right. right. Um, no, that is, that is so important because ultimately, um, you know, <laughs> it could be a situation where the business, unfortunately, in some cases could become like a determinant to the quality of the relationship. Exactly. Just fit, like relationship between you and your wife, you and the children, Mm -hmm. And it's it's good to be reminded of that because it's like, hey, listen, yes, part of the business is to essentially create a lifestyle or a quality of life, but let's also not forget <laughs> to right. be a part of that. We want to make it there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we got to make it there. And so you got to work on both. You got to work on exactly. the personal exactly. and the marriage, and you also have to work on the business simultaneously. Exactly. Exactly. You know, listen, I thoroughly enjoy having this conversation with you guys and couple of things that are so very much. apparent to me is that, um, you know, you guys, you know, had a really solid foundation, you know I what I'm saying? Thank you. you started first because mm -hmm. in, as I hear your stories, you know, you, you kind of, you guys have gone through a couple of different things, a couple of different challenges and turbulence, you mm -hmm. know, if, 
foundation wasn't strong. <laughs> Put a bit on the floor, Brody. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I think that's so important, though. That is beautiful yeah. to see. And it's one of the reasons, one of many reasons why, you know what I'm saying, you guys are thriving now, both in your relationships and also in business, is because you have that foundation um, laid out. And also, it's very clear that you guys, you know, have ultimate respect for each other. And Absolutely. based on what I hear you talk, based on what you guys tell me, um, it's clear you guys respect each other and you trust each other and put together these are some these are the, some of the many uh, ingredients you know what I'm saying that has um, resulted into this fruitful relationship both personal and business so kudos to both Thank of you, you. I'm definitely um, I'm happy to you know what I'm saying to see you guys thrive because again Hofstra fam no yes. so it's, it's it's always wonderful so yes, yes. thank you um, for granting me the time um, to uh, share your stories, you know, yes. what I'm saying, uh, on the podcast. I truly appreciate it. And no, thank you so not... much for having us, Brody. Seriously, and I really want to say again to you, like, mm -hmm. I am so proud of what you're doing with the podcast as well. Thank you. Um, thank you. And I really, really hope to continue to see it grow. I'm very proud of That's you and great. very happy for what you're doing. And congrats <laughs> you. to you, to you congrats, as well. Congrats. <laughs> thank you. All right. Yeah.